0: Hello, and welcome to my supernatural vida, a bilingual English and Spanish podcast where I share the word of God and my experience with the supernatural. I started this podcast because I know that there are others out there who, like me, for some time thought that they might be crazy or maybe even still do. Well, I'm here to tell you that you are not crazy, you are supernatural. Let's be super together. Hello, hello everybody, good evening. I hope everybody's doing great. I am Maria Cuajardo, as the screen says here, I will be hosting tonight's masterclass on overcoming the terror of the night. I wanna first of all, before we begin, um, thank Tommy John for um, lending me his uh, platform, his Facebook group for tonight, uh, so that I could conduct this class and share with you guys um, on this subject, it's something that I, um, oddly enough, am passionate about. Only because it has, it's been something that I have had to break through on, and the Lord has brought me through, and I've gained so much understanding around it. And I feel like this is something that's going to set other people free. And that's really my intention tonight. Is that as I share with you guys, many of you are are set free. So. Before we get started, um, if you're watching me live right now, go ahead and tag somebody on the comments, or if you invited a friend to the group to tonight's masterclass, tag them on the comments, let them know that we began, um, that way they don't miss any of this information, and so, um, so before we get started, a little bit about myself if, Anybody who may not know me, hello, Ana. Hello, Patricia. How are y'all doing? So um, for those of you who may not know me, I'm Maria Guajardo. I'm from the Rio Grande Valley of Texas. I'm in the very southernmost part of Texas. And so um, I'm a mother. I've, I have two children. I've been married for 16 years, and I'm passionate about bringing the kingdom into the realm of family, into the spheres of, of family. And um, so that's a little bit about me <laughs> and, um, I've been, um, I met Tommy John, uh, through the dreams 222 masterclass and the uh, Exodus in the supernatural online mentorship with Jennifer Eves. And we have been connected since then I'm going on my third year of studying the subject of dreams with Jake Bullard and his dreams 222 masterclass. And I've learned so much about, um, dreams in general, dream interpretation, and also, um, about, uh, redeeming our nightmares. Oddly enough, um, one of the things that drew me into dreams was um, that I was experiencing a lot of nightmares and I was also experiencing sleep paralysis. So hello, Tammy. Hello, Jessica. Um, would you believe me if I told you that an estimated 50 to a whopping 80% of adults report having occasional nightmares, and up to 50% of children ages three to six um, have nightmares so severe that they wake up their parents. I, if you're a parent, you might have experienced that with your own children. But not only that, in addition to that, about 40% of the general population suffers, and I mean big words, all caps, suffers from sleep paralysis. And this is factual information guys and um i think it's enough we don't have to deal with this um so that's why i'm here tonight to share with you guys on the topic uh so tonight we're going to be talking about um you know overcoming the terrors of the night uh nightmares the paralysis the things that keep us up at night those things that are robbing us from our sleep and i hope that by the end of tonight's class you'll have some clarity on how you too can experience freedom in this area as i have and that you have some information to either either use for yourself or to take back to somebody that you love. So um, I began to experience sleep paralysis in my early teens. I even remember that, that crazy dream, like vividly, the dream that I was having when the sleep paralysis um, kicked in. And it was something that I continued to struggle with up until recently. And I can't tell you guys, like, how much shame and condemnation it brought me as a Christian woman to be experiencing this until the Lord brought me through uh, my breakthrough, uh, which I'll be sharing with you guys today. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and share a screen with you guys to kind of just lead us lead us through. I like slides and I like screens and I like this kind of stuff because it keeps me, it keeps, times me, right? It keeps me on track. <laughs> if not, I can go on forever. Um, so let me go ahead and do that. Um. share. Oh, share screen. All right. Ah, I got it right. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was going to mess it up. All righty, guys. So this is what we're going to be talking about today, overcoming the terrors of the night. Some of the things that you can experience uh, to learn today is uh, disarming, sleep paralysis, angelic assistance, mindset shifts, Uh, our, what our role is in spiritual warfare and the importance of the renewing of our mind and coming into our identity, getting to know who God is, um, who we are and what has been given to us. We're also going to cover strongholds. Uh, We're going to touch briefly on redeeming nightmares and also the spiritual hygiene that we do uh, during our nighttime, right? So just to start with the sleep paralysis, a little history about it and, and my own personal testimonial with sleep paralysis. Um, you know, like I said, this began for me in my early teenage years um, and it went on towards, I mean, it went on for, up until recently, but there was a time when I was not um, walking with the Lord. Um, I was doing other things. If you you saw my testimony a couple of weeks back, I was, um, I was, I was, playing around with new age witchcraft kind of stuff. And during that time, I I continued to experience sleep paralysis, although it wasn't like Mm -hmm. as often as it it got uh, once I returned to the Lord. Once I returned to the Lord and I received Holy Spirit, it was almost like it went crazy again, like something opened. Um, And I spent a lot of time... trying to figure out what it was, right? I spent a lot of time trying to research it, trying to find out like what was causing it, like what let it in, how I can stop it. And um, I wanna tell you guys, don't make the same mistake that I did on, on spending so much time Trying to figure out what it was. One day, um, I was scrolling through the feed, and I went. Uh, I ended up on the Excellence in the Supernatural Online Mentorship Group, where someone had asked something about a spirit and like how to get rid of it. And I read this comment by our mentor Jennifer Eves, and she wrote on. She wrote, "It doesn't matter what it is; it has to go." And that clicked in me, and I'm like, "Well, I have been spending way too much time trying to figure out what this thing is and why it's been bothering me." That. I have not realized my authority over it and that it, it has to go. So, hey, Tommy, hey. So I I kind of like stopped focusing on it so much. And even as I I began to take my classes with the master class, and I began to learn dream interpretation and the redemption of nightmares and the redemption of our night seasons and things like that, um, they began to taper off slowly, but, um, and they were kind of like, maybe once a year or maybe a couple times a year or whatever but then this summer I had a um I, I titled my summer the t- the summer from hell there was just a lot of things that were happening um my family and I separated from the church that we were going to and then I started experiencing like other funny things around the house that I later concluded was um literally there was astral projection into my house and one of the mistakes that I made was that um, I didn't believe myself, important enough to end up on a witch's radar, but I did. And it wasn't just me. It was um, several of us. And so um, I was trying to figure that out, but I was confusing it with the season that I was going through. I thought, well, I'm going through the season, you know, we separated from our church and I was starting to like condemn myself. And I feel like I gave it room again when I I slipped into self-condemnation um, and guilt and shame over, you know, having been separated from my church. And so it, it began to like bother me again. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later about, you know, our, our righteousness and all that. But, um, so this summer, the sleep paralysis returned and I'd had, um, I had had some, uh, nights of, all night, sleep paralysis, battling with it. Like, and then it came to one week where it had been three nights in a row where it was just way too much. Like every, every time I tried, I mean, I was tired guys. Every time I would try to fall asleep, bam, it would hit me and bam, it would, I'm like, what is going on? So here's the thing is that over the years, I grew strong enough where, um, I could talk now. And, um, at first it was just like, I could barely move and I could barely squeeze out the name of Jesus. And then it was full on like me, like speaking in tongues while sleep par- paralyzed. And then, um, like me actually like cursing at this thing. So one night, um, the last night that, that it happened for me, um, I have been, of, of course, experienced sleep paralysis, but I was so upset. Like it get, it got to the point where it wasn't, terrifying me anymore, but it was like, um, it just made me angry. You know, it like frustrated and made me angry and I was yelling at it. And I can't remember. I was probably like, you know, said a a few explicits at it. You know, I was just so upset, like, because I could talk, but I couldn't move my body. And I I heard Holy Spirit. So when it like, it like stopped and then I heard Holy Spirit asked me this question and he asked me, why are you talking to it? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> you're right. Why am I wasting my time talking to it? Like, it's not going to help me. It's not it's obviously it's not going to stop. So, you know, I started thinking, like, where does my help come from? And I knew in my nowhere, like I didn't see it with my eyes or, or you know, I saw it in my nowhere that there was an angel standing by my bedside. And I'm like, oh my gosh, so this angel's been standing there the whole time. And I'm like trying, and I'm trying to fight this thing in my own mind and my own power and, and, you know, with words that it doesn't care about, right? And I'm like, oh my gosh, okay. So I drifted back into sleep and boom, it happened again. But this time I managed, like it was it was nastier. Like this is the thing about this, this, this thing, this uh, spirit, is that it doesn't relent. And it gets nastier as you get stronger against it. It like, it's just, it growls. It takes all the light out in the room. It's just horrible. But this time I was like, oh, like really struggling to get out words. And I said to the angel, I said, help me. And as soon as I said that, boom, it lifted, it went. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what was that right and and i prayed and i and i said escort it out like get it out of here take it to wherever it is that that they go right i'm like what but i was trying to like process like what just happened like has that angel always been there like have i never recognized that it was that he was there like for me right so that was i began to process this experience and i thought I need to know what this is, what it was, because I want this to become permanent, right? Like I know my angel probably doesn't mind res- like sweeping in to rescue me every night, <laughs> but I need to to take charge of this atmosphere or take charge of the situation with my authority and my power that it doesn't keep happening, right? So I through all of this. When I began to process everything, I started looking back at my dreams. I started to look I take journals and notes of all my dreams, and I like note every experience. And when I was started putting everything together, I recognized that the thing that I was battling with this, this sleep paralysis wasn't uh, what most people call an incubus or a succubus, or what most people call. Um, I think those are the two common terms like i just kept coming across that every research that i did i kept coming across that, that that's what that was but i knew that it wasn't that because it wasn't manifesting some of the things that us, you know an incubus or succub- succubus is, are known for which are like sleep um spirit spouses right so i'm like why why is it so adamant about just freezing me right what is it so adamant about just like like stopping me right like just what is the deal so After I put all my notes together, my journals, my dream, my experiences together, I came to realize that this was a manifestation of the spirit of fear, a manifestation of terror. And so I realized, like, oh, my gosh, like. All this time, this is what I've I've been fighting with. Right. This is what I've been like dealing with is. I was blaming the wrong thing. Right. And, you know, during that hunt that I went to to figure out what it was when I realized it doesn't even matter. Right. Cause it, it has to go. Um, I had been blaming that and and I was trying to put it together, but it didn't, it never really made sense. Um, but when I really got it, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like that's why I wasn't having this breakthrough because I was Blaming something else, you know what I mean. So, anyway, moving on from that. One night in class. Well, actually, not one night. It was literally the following night that I had that experience. I was sitting in class um, with uh, Ryan Pena. I'm I'm a part of the Sok Group and you know School of Kingdom with Dub Alexander and Ryan Pena. And he started class and he was you know preaching all this stuff. And then he said many of you are just one mindset shift away from your biggest breakthrough. And it hit me, the breakthrough that I'm looking for is in my mind. Like it's, I hold the key to this breakthrough in my mind. And so I started researching mindsets and strongholds and how to overcome them and all this information. And then that same night, When I I went, I went to sleep and I said, it's not going to happen again. So this time I took authority over it and I prayed different. I I realized that I had been praying with fear because I was like so um, dreading that this thing was going to come again, that almost as if my prayer was putting a faith or an expectation on it showing up. And so that night has shifted where I began uh, to decree and declare. And so I'm going to talk about what I decreed and declared for that as we go on. And um, also, as I was processing this, I came across this dream that I had had with my mentor uh, Dub. And this, I had this dream before I ever took the class, before I ever knew he had a a class on it, all of that. Like I had this dream before that and he'd been trying to tell me, the Lord had been trying to tell me. And in this dream, um, we're looking together, we're standing side by side and we're looking at second heaven. and, And he goes, what are you doing here? And I'm like, well, what do you mean? What am I doing here? I come here to war, right? Like I'm a warrior and I'm like, that's what I do, right? I'm bad, like this is like spiritual warfare. And he was like, but you don't belong here. And like, he, he started telling me in the dream, like second heaven warfare is not for you. Like, that's not your place in warfare. Like the Lord has the angelic for that. And there's angelic hosts for that. Like, and so when I started processing that dream, I realized I had the, like the most wrong idea of warfare ever. And so we'll talk about that as we go on. So I want to talk a little bit about the terror now and kind of just break this down um for you guys. And and Psalm 91 became like my promise of protection that I, I kept going to and I kept going to. Um and I realized through through that that this is what that thing was, right? I dug into that word terror and all of the psalm really, but this is where the nitty gritty was at for me. That was so important for my mind to comprehend. Hello, Mary. Aloha. (laughs) So um, Psalm 91 says, uh, and I'm starting from, I think this is verse four. Yeah. Four through 11. It says he shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor by the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy sight, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Okay, so I first highlighted uh, shall cover. So this is what shall cover means, is to hedge, fence about, shut in. And to to block, overshadow, screen to provide concealment and protection, to stop the approach, to shut off, to cover. Okay. And then the second word I highlighted there is truth, right? His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. A little while ago, I told you guys that uh, I discovered that I had to fix my mindset and that I had some strongholds. A stronghold is a lie. A stronghold, a negative stronghold is a lie, but a positive stronghold, when we've made the Lord our stronghold, that stronghold is a stronghold of truth. And truth is descriptive of his nature. Um, It means firm, faithful, sure, reliable, stable. And lastly, it means true doctrine. <laughs> um, I had my doctrine so messed up. <laughs> um, and so how many of you um, know that bad theology and false doctrine will mess you right up? I know that. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a witness to that. Okay. So then um, shield and buckler is another word I, I highlighted here for you guys so that you guys can understand. This was, man, this was of all this thing, this was massive for me because I, I needed protection. And, and I'll talk about that a little later, but um, literally shield and buckler means surrounding. That is a kind of shield covering all over. One night when I was having these um, astral projection experiences, which oh God, I wish I could really, really get into that. And we really talk about that because it, it really just irked me. But anyway, one night while I was ha- having that experience, I remember I just prayed from my heart and I asked the Lord to shield me to to protect me to just surround me and to just and I I think I said something like cuz I had seen it in a dream before where we we had like a dome over us that made us invisible. And so I asked him, "Can you be that dome over us that keeps us invisible to the enemy?" So in the middle of the night, I heard a thump, like a, that's it. I heard a thump. I don't know how else to explain it. And I saw like a, like a, when a star goes out, um, like a, and it just went out and I'm like, what was that? And then I, I saw in my mind's eye that dome. Right. <laughs> and I still had, not, I didn't get it until I, I don't know why I searched yeah, no, I know why. I Because I heard the um, Iron Dome, right? And Israel has an Iron Dome. I don't know if you guys remember a couple of years ago, um, they were experiencing some attacks from, I think, Pakistan. I can't remember what country it was. And every missile that they were sending over... Every, yeah, I should do a live on it sometimes, um, but every missile that the enemy was sending over was getting intercepted by this iron dome and it was disarming it. And literally the videos of this image is what I saw in the spirit where you, it looks like a, like a star goes out because it just disarms it. Man, you guys, I'm getting chills as I talk about it because this was so massive for me. It was like, that is who he is over us. He is that iron dome. He is that all surrounding shield that covers all of you. And, and if like, that is truth, right? That is truth. But a truth that we don't know doesn't really serve us, right? Because the enemy is, is banking on your lack of knowledge. And that's why he keeps at it because you don't know something that could literally save you, right? So, That was for me like, whoa, man, like this is, he's been telling me over and over because he showed it to me in the dream. He showed it to me that night. I came, like he told me Iron Dome. I looked it up. That's it. Like uh, I received that. Yes, that's who you are to me. Right. And so I'm like, but still, what is this thing? Right. (laughs) So terror is there in this, in this context, it's uh, the the word Pahad uh, and it's a dread or what causes the dread right so to dread is to fear greatly be an extreme apprehension of to be reluctant to do or meet or experience and as a noun a person or thing that is dreaded um for me the night became dreadful i i there were many nights where i was dreading the coming of night right um so for me the the Night was the terror, right? <laughs> um, and so, why does it come at night? And that, that is simple: It's because it is using the shadow of the night to hide. And I remember having a dream that went into uh, it went from dream to an awake experience, which led me to understand that fear is a coward. It hides itself. It is afraid that you will spot it. And what you feel when you think you're afraid is actually fear manifesting upon itself. Your feeler catch this. Your feeler is feeling fierce nature. Okay. I had, I had heard this before, um, from Jake, our mentor, um, who heard it from, I believe Dub, but it wasn't until I experienced it like this, that I could understand what it meant. Like you are feeling that thing. Like, so what you feel it feels and it's projecting it towards you and you are feeling that. And like, if you're a feeler, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And so the whole thing was that I I kept like blaming myself and and saying that thinking that I was the coward, that I was the one who lacked courage, that I was the one who wasn't bold. And really, it was it that it been discovered, that it had been felt or or um discerned, and it like was manifesting upon itself, right? So um that, that night I had had this, this crazy dream where like um, the Lord and I had gone hunting. We had gone up this tower and it was raining. And all of a sudden it went from uh, it being in the dream to me being like having a, like a, maybe like an open vision. And like, I thought my eyes were open. I don't, I don't, it's so hard to explain, but there was like lightning in my room. I almost as if the storm was real in real life and in, in my room And all of a sudden it got dark, like all the light went out. It was just dark and I heard it growl and I I realized, oh my gosh, I'm paralyzed again. But I wasn't scared this time. Like I felt no fear. And I said, I don't know why, guys, I don't know why I asked this or why I told it this, but this is what I said. I said, show me your face. And as soon as I said that, it fled. So that's where I got that revelation that fear is a coward because it did not it did not want to show me its face and it showed all these other things hiding in the cover of darkness but it would not show me its face. So I concluded he's a, he's a coward. <laughs> the spirit of fear is a coward. Fear is scared. Um, moving on to the word, therefore he shall give his angels charge over thee. Always known this, always read it, never really comprehended it until I had the experience where the angel literally took me out of sleep paralysis. And so the word there, charge, is sava, which means to command, charge, give orders, so and so on, keep. So samar is also to preserve, to protect, to give heed, to observe, to guard, to keep watch and ward, to save lives. Where we then this is where we get the word watchman Samar. Um, many of you, I don't know if you can, guys have heard, um, a Shamar prophet that's a, a watchman prophet, right? Um, and so what, and this had happened to me also before where, um, I had had a crazy night of sleep paralysis and, and like crazy dreams. And I prayed to the Lord that it would be as if he was watching over me because I was tired and I really wanted to get to sleep. And so when I finally did fall asleep, I dreamt that a prophet from uh, the ESOM group came and stood watch next to my bed. And so I realized at that point that, you know, oh man, she's a watchman and she came to watch over me. And I had awesome sleep that night. Um, so, and then we have uh Awe. To keep thee in all thy ways. All means the whole of, like literally all of it, like in all your ways. Like sometimes you think, man, well, I walked out of the protection of God, which is what I was feeling, what I was believing because I had, you know, left my church. Right. And that's another a thing that it used against me that I was self condemning. So I'm like, well, I guess all this stuff is happening to me. And this is just a terrible season because I, I went in and I left my church and, or I left my covering. And, and so I'm not walking in the protection of the Lord, just mumbo jumbo that I don't know where I, I mean, I, I was in a, a few religious churches. So I think that's where I had picked up that, that belief. Right. So, but here the promise is that he's going to keep the, in all, thy ways the whole of so it's like it's not really conditional right and sometimes we put conditions on things that don't have any um and so thy ways means way road distance journey manner path direction even habit and way of course of life or way of moral character guys I mean, I don't know what else we need to cover here. And all thy ways, right? So this was like when I really began to dig into it and really understand it, it really gave me so much freedom. But if you read the entire Psalm 91, it is a promise of protection and it is a deliverance um, uh, uh, psalm. And some of the things, if you dig into the things that it promises, there's like so many demons in this psalm. But you know what? None of them can touch you. None of them have any single right to play with you, to uh, torment you, to traumatize you, to rob your sleep. None of them. Right. So as long as we understand that and we believe the promise of protection that is in this psalm, we're good. The problem was I wasn't, I, I read it, but I never really believed it. I, it never really sunk in. You know what I mean? And so I couldn't hold it up against the enemy when he tried me, but now I do. <laughs> so that is it. And it's just such a, a wonderful Psalm to really like really meaty to really like dig into it if you're ever interested. Um, so with the angelic host, I realized that there is sometimes uh, we have a little bit of trouble accepting or believing that the angelic hosts are are really to be relied on, or called on, or or even asked help of. You know, we're kind of like, yeah, we know there's angels. I mean, at least I, that's where it was, and it seems to be kind of a, a very popular belief that um, you know we don't talk to them, we don't engage with them. They they're just out there and. And God's already given them orders and they do whatever God said. And you kind of just like see them and, hey, buddy, what's up? I know you're there, but let's not, you know, interact or nothing. Um, but I found out that night that I very much didn't need to ask for help. Otherwise, it just stood there. Excuse me. So I'm like, and I took the help. I needed it. And so as I dug into this, I, I, I went into the verse Hebrews one 14. Um, and that verse says, as they, n- are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation. So I broke that thing down and, um, I, I don't want to take all credit for it because I also received a, um, a teaching on the angelic from my mentor. So like, I was able to really like dig in here and like. I just felt like a lot more freedom that other people believed <laughs> in it too. So to really study it. So um, just like for, you know, so that we, we understand that they are for us. Like when we ask the angels for something or when we release a command of some sort, uh, you know, for our safety or for the safety of our children or or just to help us along our, our day or in all our ways. Right. Um, we're not bossing angels around. We're not, you know, like saying, oh, well, it's mine. I own it. I can tell it. Whatever. No, no, no. That's not at all what that means. But um, you do have a certain uh, ability to partner with them because they are assigned to you, and their purpose is your purpose, right? And they're assigned to you, and the purpose of their purpose, which is your purpose, is that you reach your destiny, right? That you, um, you you get to fulfill that thing that it was that God put you in this world to do, right? So to break this word down a little, um, ministering is a word liturgicos. And it's Strong's G thirty ten, and it means relating to the performance of service employed in ministering. So that first word, are they not all ministering? Are they not all relating to the performance of service employed in ministering? Spirits sent forth, and the word they're sent forth is apostello. This is G six Strong's G six forty nine, and wh- which means to order one to order one to go to a place appointed. Right. We're going to break it down. We're going to put it all together in a little bit. And so then the last word minister is not the same as the first word ministering. This one is the aconia, which is Strong's G 1248, um, which means service, ministering, executing the commands of others. So if we read this. Oh, let me go back. Let me reread it. Okay, so we reread this with this this definition with the Greek and, you know, expound, expand on it. This is how it reads. Are they not all employed in the performance of service ordered to go to an appointed place to execute commands for those who will inherit salvation? Uh, the answer to that is yes, right? <laughs> it's a rhetorical question. But, but that's it, guys. That's when you... Perceive that you have an angel, um, which we all do, right? But when you perceive the presence of your angel or when you're in need or when you need partnership with of some sort, you can, right? You can ask, right? When we decree, when we declare and we decree, who's carrying out these decrees? Like they are, right? Because you're, you, when you decree, you're declaring your decree, you're declaring and decreeing truths. You're declaring you're doing this as a, an alignment, a partnership with the will of God, with things that God has already said. Right. So when you sound like him, they naturally obey. Right. Because that's right on. That's, that's a can do. Right. So, um, you know, I don't think I I haven't studied this deep, but I don't know. I don't believe that we can, uh, decree something that's maybe illegal in the kingdom and they would still do it. I don't think that they would. Right. That's just, you know, just me uh, trying to use my logic here about that. But anyway, let's talk, let's see in some areas. And this was so interesting to me too when I was starting digging into this. Um, amen, Mary, there you go. So here, um, oh, what did I do? Uh Oh yeah, because at the screen, oh, I'll just make it big. Um, angelic partnering with us, and these are some examples in the Old Testament, is uh Elijah, 2 Kings 6, 15 through 18. And then um that's the story of um I misspelled Elijah. It's Elisha. Um, it's Elisha, sorry. Um, oh, it's it's getting on me like it's one of those things, like I wish I could go fix it right now. But anyway, we're gonna ignore it so Elisha prayed that the eyes of his servants would be open so that he would see that there was more for them than there was against them. I think many of us are familiar with, with, with that event. Right. Um, But as you keep reading, um, when the attack breaks out, he prays that the Lord would blind them, right. Would blind the attackers and the Lord blinds them according to Elisha's prayer. And so they don't, get blinded and then immediately when it's all over they see again no actually what happens then is that elijah leads them to i believe samaria so he leads a great army that is blinded can't see it can't see all the way to samaria right how does he do that if not with the angelic intervention and help that was there for them right Then it says that when he arrived to Samaria and he brought them into the presence of the king, he asked the Lord that he would open up their eyes again. And the Lord opened up their eyes again, and then they could see. Could you imagine trying to lead a great army that knows the terrain somewhere not where (laughs) where you told them that you were taking them uh, if they were, you know what I mean? If they were blinded, but still one man like leading all these people it just doesn't make sense until you take into account that he had angelic help right and so and he asked for it like he he said like lord blind these people how is that going to happen right like how how if not through the angelic right anyway so that's was like well what and so um in scripture uh in the new testament joseph um mary's mary's husband who was uh the father of jesus in in this uh in this scenario, I guess, because I don't want you guys to think that I'm talking about Joseph, um, uh, the many fold uh, quote, Joseph. No, no, no. I'm talking about Joseph, New Testament. So he received so much, he interacted with the angelic so much to save baby Jesus, right? Like the angelic came to him in dreams. It came to him in visions and it told him like, go here, go there, stay here, stay there. Don't do this, don't and, and that was partnership, guys. Like, I mean, I don't know how else to explain that. So another thing that I feel like gives us permission to interact with the angelic the way that Jesus acted with the angelic is that, well, Jesus interacted with the angelic, right? So um, scripture also says that he, as he is in this world, so am I, right? So as Jesus is, not as Jesus was, but as, or, or So I will be no right now in this present moment, as Jesus is in this world, um, who was and is and always will be right. The beginning, the middle and the end, like the eternal, right. As he is in this world, so are you. So that how, if we can find it in scripture, how Jesus interacted with the angelic, I feel like we can interact with the angelic as well. And, um, sometimes we fear that we're going to end up in the worshiping of angels not possible if it's an angel of light like angel lights right if it's well if it's an angel a true angel sent by god right we see in revelation where john tries to worship the angel and the angel tells him no no don't do that I'm, i'm one i'm i'm just like you sent on this mission to testify of the future events of jesus worship god so The the, angel's not gonna, an angel that's really sent by God is not gonna let you worship him. Like, I've had an experience where it didn't even let me talk, much less worship him. Like, and this was like, I processed this later. Oh my gosh, I can't can't believe I forgot about that. But this was like in 2020 where I had um, an angelic visitation into my hotel room and I was so afraid of it that I was going to rebuke it, but I couldn't even like, cause and you see this in scripture as well. Like people become terrified when they see an angel, like they just like fall or whatever. Um But I I got so scared of it and I was about to rebuke it and they didn't even let me talk. It put me out and I was, I was asleep till the next morning and, I, and then I'm like, Whoa, what happened? So anyway, and I still don't know. I still haven't processed that. I still don't know what happened. Um, all righty then. Here we go next so what is our role in spiritual warfare so remember how I told you earlier that i had that dream where uh, my mentor told me like hey you're not supposed to be out here like this is not for you right um I had uh a, a massive like revelation on that when I realized what he had been trying to tell me um for many months I had been dreaming um uh what was it psalm I think it's psalm 24 7 I can't remember where it says um Lift up your heads, O ye gates, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? Right? Like that. That And so the name of God that is mentioned in that psalm is Jehovah Sabaoth. And I kept dreaming that. I kept hearing that. And then I kept like dreaming um, a person whose name um, means God of war. And so I'm like, what is God trying to tell me? And so I realized that he was trying to tell me that he is the commander of the Lord of Hosts, right? And like he was trying to make that distinction that he has an army, right? And I I don't know why I, I was always trying to like do warfare in this way that I, I guess I just didn't comprehend. Like, I always felt like, like it was me, like, like I had to like be like intense in prayer and all this stuff to do like war. And I was the one that had to have all my ducks in a row. And I was the one that had to have the strategy and all the stuff figured out so that, you know, I could be safe. When in reality, I it, that was not my, my place was just to pray in agreement, right. With what he's doing in his will. And so that, having that mindset and the wrong mindset about spiritual warfare, I think was also what was kicking my butt. Uh, (laughs) So, and this is like a very, uh, this is going to be really strong and maybe it's not easy to receive by so many people, but I've, I accepted it and I received it. It's up to you if you receive it or you accept it, but we are not God's army. We are not. God has an army already and that's the angelic host uh the angelic hosts are the military of the kingdom we are like the executive branch right like and i love the way that dub alexander explains it if you ever get a chance to like go look him up and and find his teaching on angels but um god already has it god has titled us so many other things god has given us so many other things like He's given us a title. He has adopted us, right. He's brought us into adoption. He's given us the title of sons and daughters of kings and queens and fathers and mo- mothers in the kingdom. And like he's given us like all like all so much that we don't have to fight. Right. When Jesus when Jesus breathed this last, he said it is finished. Right. And so many of us think it has began. And I think that happens because. I think that happens because sometimes we get brought into the kingdom um, the wrong way, right? Through fear. And I was, I was, brought into the kingdom um, through fear the very first time it came. And I wound up in a religious church that really uh, did a lot of fear-based preaching. And then, you know, when I went away, returned to the Lord, I wound up kind of in the same pattern again and same thing, a lot of shame, a lot of condemnation, a lot of fear of hell and like that kind of stuff. And so it sets you up on a path of warfare. It sets you up on a path of like, of like I don't I don't know I don't know how else to explain it, but it does it just sits you up in this ugly path where you feel like you're always striving, you're always working, you're always reaching you're always you know like going from battle to battle and you know Peter says uh, after you have suffered for a little while, Right, So it's like, I'm not saying that we're not meant to suffer or that we're not going to suffer, but the suffering is for a little while. And then Paul says um, that we will go from glory to glory with us with unveiled faces, right? Um, We'll go from glory to glory. I need to find that verse and like read it to you completely. But I don't know, man. I feel like I'd rather be going from glory to glory than from battle to battle, you know, and like to suffer forever. Um, So this really was a big deal for me, Right. What happens is like, I did a a little podcast on this too, on identity, right? Where, um, what we call ourselves and how our names and our titles and things like that, sometimes they give us identity. And so, um, if we are calling ourselves the army of God, if we're calling ourselves like, um, you know, the warrior, if we're calling ourselves the, you know, the soldier, we give ourselves that role. Right. And so we unknowingly put ourselves in the ranks of angels and, and we can't keep up, guys. It's just that's not what we're meant for. That's not what we were created for. So I hope that makes sense. Obviously, digest it. Take, uh, you know, decide if this is something that you believe or not. Um, you know, but that's just what I, I've come to the conclusion on. Um, My my role in intercession and warfare is partnership. Right. I go. Something happens. A situation arises. Even if it's through dreams or even wherever it is, um, I don't go straight ahead directly into like boom battle mode, right? Because I I need to get some orders first. I need to get some things clear. And it's like that's the the thing about intercession is intercession is partnering with what God has said about the situation. What is the will of God in this area? What is the will of God in this situation? And then that's where, where we come in. And thus it gets, I'm not going to say easier because that even doesn't like, even that I have struggle believing, but but it's, it's less laborious <laughs> when we are praying and partnering with God, right? Because we got it. Like we're, we're on track, we're tracking. And um, it's the same thing um, with warfare. So um, I don't know how to explain this. I don't know. I hope that makes sense, right? We partner. We partner with the Lord um, in intercession and in warfare so that we can see the result that we are praying for um, because we know what God has said, right? And that's what we 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 fight for. Amen. You're shooting for an aim when you partner with God. That's right. Let me, let me show that. Right. So, you know, you know, your target, you know what it is that you're praying for. You know what it is that God has willed over the situation. And it just, man, you declare and you decree that thing and, and parts start to move. But when you're not quite hitting it, like, you're like, what? I've been praying for this for months. Like what's going on? Is it just, just, there's a little tweak you got to make, right. Or maybe there's just a little something that you go back to the Lord on that and hear him. Right. Um, you know, and I learned this also through, um, prophetic processing, right. When we, uh, when we partner with our prophetic words and we start praying those things through, like once we, we break them down and we start to understand, you know, the will of God for your life or for the situation or for this season, we start to pray those things and we can break through. So, um, Here we go. Also, uh, Psalm 103 20. And I thought this was so big. Like, um, it says, So it's like, well, how does that happen? Right? Like, how does the atmosphere know that I'm saying God's will? Because it knows, right? (laughs) It's like sometimes creation just gets it. All right. And it's like, how does the angelic know? Okay. It's time to go. It's time to move. Right. Like, this is it. Like, she, she hit it. Right. It's like, psalm 103 says it right not only do you um where is it it says bless the lord you his angels you mighty ones who do his commandments obeying the voice of his word bless the lord all you his hosts you who serve him and do his will so they're obeying who do his commandments obeying the voice of his word so not only do you have the breath of God in you, which inhales, excels and inhales, like it goes out through your voice, but also when you speak like him, that is to speak his will, um, to speak his promises, you sound like him, right? That's partnership, which leads into um, what I'm going to talk about next, decrees and declaration, decrees and declarations, right? Um A declaration is, um, so declare is the translation of a variety of Hebrew and Greek words in the Old Testament and the New Testament, appearing to bear uniformity, uh, uniformly the meaning to make known, to set forth. Um, And then we have uh, decrees, right? Decree is to command, defined as a formal and authoritative order, having the force of law a judicial decision or order. So I think... I, when I was researching this, I thought this was funny because the Blue Letter Bible and even like I have the, the logo software, like I couldn't like drill into decrees, right? I'm like, well, you gave me a big old explanation about decrees, but you have, didn't really break down decrees for me. So I had to go find it like, you know, an act the actual definition in the Miriam's Webster's right of what a decree was. So a decree is to command, is defined as a formal and authoritative order, having the force of law. A judicial decision or order so to me i thought it was funny that the blue letter bible um, app did not have you know the strongs or the breakdown of this so um they didn't even have to articulate what the word decree means or expound on command and it's almost as if it was a total given um, that people of those days understood that they had the authority to issue decrees right and I don't know why in our culture we have such a hard time accepting that this is what we have been given, right? Like we are just so scared of messing it up and saying the wrong thing. And it's like, oh, you know, (laughs) because that's where I was. I'm like, I don't want, I don't want to declare and decree because I don't, I don't what if I mess it up or I say it wrong? You know what? Take comfort in this, and that Jesus Christ is the perfect intercessor. So before it gets up there, he is fixing. What we <laughs> what we messed up, right? The posture of our heart is right. Sometimes we say some prayers that that just like whoa, that was the most terrible, worst prayer ever, and somehow it it still happened. Like the mercy of God is just so infinite, right? It's like I get what you're saying, right? I get where your heart is at, and I know, right? So when all that thing all that comes together, it's like we need to not worry so much about you know, us issuing commands, because like I said earlier, or in Psalm 103 says, uh, they take heed right to the word of his voice. Right. So it's like, if what you're saying doesn't sound like God, doesn't sound like God's will, it's not going to happen. Like they're just not going to move on it. Right. And, and so I hope that makes sense. Um, so <laughs> moving on from that um, into the renewing of the mind, man, right? this was such a, A big deal for me. I realized, uh, you know, that I'd been in the kingdom, that I'd gone to church and that I've made so many friends and I've gone to so many Bible studies and I've all, you know, read the Bible and all this stuff. And I still was not sure who God was. Right. Um, As until I really started getting into some really anointed teaching and like they began to break it really good and down for me that I got it. Like it was things that you've heard so many times over and over again. And then just one day it sinks. Right. So in the renewing of our mind, it's important that we have some things straight. Right. Mm -hmm. And that is uh, one of those things is who is God. Right. So we begin with the baseline of who is God. He is a loving, kind, heavenly father who is also The king of the universe and your father is the king and the king is your father right it's like whoa if we um if we've read the story of the prodigal son and we really um you know spend some spend time on it and we come to realize the father in that story right like He was lavish and he lavished his son when his son came home and um, he didn't just say, oh, yeah, meet him halfway, say hello, dress him, give him his robe, his shoes, his ring and say, all right, well, I'll see you around. No, he brought him all the way in and he threw him a party. Right. So it's like he is a good loving kind heavenly father who is also a king right and so what does that mean to you that the king is your father is that you have an inheritance right so we need to get straight who we are right who am i so in the process of the renewal of the mind we need to understand who am i who are you right you are a son you're a king you're a father right As a son, you you've inherited the kingdom as a king, you are ruling, you are taking domain, you're taking territory, you are, um, you know, doing, you know, what God told Adam and Eve to do in the garden, right, which is like, to have dominion, right. And as a father, you are creating other kings, you are creating other sons, you are, you are, um making these disi- disciples right and and you know for us women we're daughters we're queens we're mothers same thing but just as women you know what i mean and then also important to note is that um we're citizens like uh, paul talks about it right we're citizens we're ambassadors and we're diplomats as citizens we have rights as ambassadors we have responsibilities as diplomats we have authorship so ones like Once we move into that place of diplomat, that means that we have authorship and we have within our hands and within our means the ability to change a nation, right? To change the world, to change things, to make the governments of this world appear like the governments of our God. Amen. So then uh, what have I been given, right? Um, That's also important in the process of the renewal of the mind is Well, I just said that, right, as a citizen, right, that's an ambassador responsibilities and as a diplomat authorship, right, as a son, a kingdom, as a king, a place to rule and as a father, um, the responsibility over making disciples and and making sons, making uh, kings that are not orphans, because I've come across some orphan kings. And let me tell you, they will shut you down. Um, The orphan mindset is just so terrible for it to be operating and, and ruling over someone who is in a place of authority. It's awful. So I'm not gonna get into that, <laughs> let's move on. So um, what are strongholds, right? So that's also important because this was something that I really have to hammer down. Um, and it sounds extraneous, but it's, it's really not. Um, I'll talk about that. So a stronghold is a castle, a stronghold, a fortress, fastness, something that you can trust on to, to uh, have refuge and be safe in. Um, but anything um, it's also the another meaning of the world of the word stronghold um, is anything on which one relies or of the arguments and reasonings by which a disputant endeavors to fortify his opinion and defend it against his opponent. So uh, 2 Corinthians 10, uh, 3 to 6 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. So a stronghold is um, pretty much a lie that has set itself up against you and has fortified itself in your mind, right? And it's like, um, so here's an example, cause I, I could like talk about it forever, but for, for us to get it an example of a, a stronghold that is a lie, a negative stronghold, um, is when you tell yourself something happens to you, right? You know, you're having a terrible week or or even you're experiencing nightmares or you're experiencing sleep paralysis or you're having like, you know, just terrible visions or whatever. Right. Um, you start to tell yourself, well, this is happening to me because I must have done something wrong or I? I must be doing something that doesn't please God. That's an example of a stronghold that is a lie, but a stronghold that is a stronghold of truth is I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And my father is loving. My father is kind and gracious and he's merciful and he doesn't punish me for my mistakes. He lovingly corrects me. So that's the truth. Right. So um, let me just get a little I don't want to miss this note. So we don't overcome strongholds by changing what uh, we do or what we don't do or how we behave. But overcoming strongholds is an inside job, which happens through the renewal of our mind. So the way that we think will influence our behavior. And I like the way that my mentor, Ryan Pang, says this. He says, we don't have a sin problem. We have an identity problem. So When we don't know who we are, we believe these lies and we continue to operate, um, you know, behaviorally in sinful ways. Right. Because we don't we don't know who we are. So um, the way that we we cast down a stronghold, that we bring down a stronghold is uh, not by spending all of our efforts in tearing down what is the lie, but erecting what is the truth. It's learning the truth, believing the truth, um, consuming the truth, letting the the truth take hold inside of us. So that way, every time that that a lie, rises up against it or or throws itself against it and tries to challenge the stronghold of truth, the stronghold of truth holds itself uh, firmly against it and the lie falls, right? Because you've erected truth and anything that is built on a foundation of lies will not stand the test of time is weak and it cannot stand up to the truth, which is strong. Right. So another, uh, thing that I had, I've, I've learned through the study of strongholds is like, you know, it's kind of like an art of war, right? Like actual war. It's like, whenever the enemy has set up a stronghold against you, they're going to find the place that is the safest for them, where they can run their whole operation, where they can hide and not be seen by you or identified by you. And they start to run your whole life. Right. And so the way that we we kill it that we 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 dwindle it down we take away its power we take away its control and its authority is that we starve it we essentially set up a siege against it so that no water no communication everything that it needs to survive cannot come in right so what does that look like practically so practically that looks like us spending a everything that we were doing and throwing to that lie, everything that we were doing to defend that lie and to hide behind that lie, and or even that that lie was doing to us, we start putting all those efforts and all that energy towards erecting the truth, right? So now it's your time, your attention, your devotion um, is not going towards that thing that was the lie, but it's going towards the truth. So with that being said, it's so important that we know what we're listening to what we're studying, what we're reading, what we're watching, right? What is feeding our spirit? Like sometimes we passively listen to um, YouTube or we passively listen to podcasts and and we unknowingly start believing some of the things that they're saying without really like taking like into consideration that this might be an opinion, this might not be the truth, right? Or this might be someone that's processing through their own experience and it might not be what's true for me. Right? Like, so we start to, that lie begins to get fortified because you believe something and, um, the truth gets starved. Right? So instead we start, we start feeding the truth and all of our efforts that used to go through the lie, they die. The lie was weak to begin with begins to dwindle and now you've erected truth and the truth stand. Right? So um, I hope that that makes sense to you guys. Um, it's one of the things that's my biggest pet peeves is when, um, like, YouTube channels or even TikTok channels, Instagram accounts, da da like when they dedicate so much time talking about the demonic. And the crazy part is that they have millions of followers, and millions of views and views, and they're getting paid for this. And we consume it. Like we're the ones watching it. We're the ones sharing it. We're the ones giving it attention. And You know, meanwhile, there are so many teachers and so many people that are teaching truth, that are teaching identity, that are talking about the love of God, which don't ever underestimate the power of the love of God, right? Like, it is so massive. Like, if we can get a true understanding of the love of God, it's like, my gosh, it's like, it's everything. You know what I mean? Um, (laughs) <laughs> there's, there's comments coming through that are Facebook users. So I can't tell like who is commenting, but thank you guys so much for interacting in the feed. And like, I really, truly appreciate that you guys are still here with me because we're going on an hour and five minutes and I'm still not done. <laughs> so what, uh, this was so amazing. Also by Ryan Pena, I'm telling you guys, like these, these guys, uh, my mentors and teachers have been so heaven sent. Um, especially during this last season through everything that i was experiencing one of his quotes is the greatest warfare warfare you'll ever face is not against the enemy but rather in the unrenewed areas of your thinking so um what is relationship what is the relationship between the stronghold and the spirit of fear right so the spirit of fear um has set itself up in the stronghold of lies relating to God's perfect love. So 1 John four eighteen says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So um, I, I don't have time to like go through all the experiences because it's like I've been here forever, but I realized through a lot of inner healing and deliverance that I had been self-protecting. So, um, through that realization, um, I, I was, I was my own protector, right? Hence why I was getting my butt kicked, right? <laughs> Cause I just, you know what I mean? I, God is my protector, right? And I need to trust that he's my protector and that he loves me so much that he's not going to let me, um, be hurt. Right. And I still was trying to protect myself. So, um, after, Like, this was so crazy because after my last inner healing session that I had, um, you know, when that was revealed to me that I had been self-protecting, I had an experience with love that I will never forget. I was asleep and I woke up from the middle of my sleep and I felt a hug. Like, and I know it was Jesus. I felt this hug and this, I felt a type of love that I have never, ever, ever felt before. And guys, I'm married, been married for 16 years. I have two kids who love me, always run up to me and hug me. And and like, they don't hold back on the love. But what I felt with this hug, I, I can only describe as the love of God. It's different from any love you ever experienced in this world from another human being. It's like, I just melted into it. I just like, Like all of my walls came down, like after that inner healing session, like whatever was left, like he just came in and just like dropped it all. Right. And so I understood, you know, that, that fear had been having its way on me because I had not completely understood. I had not yet been made perfect in love and no shame and no condemnation. If this is something that we face or is something that we have not comprehended yet, but I pray today that is something that you come into the full comprehension of that. You get to feel that perfect love of God that just casts out all fear, right? So some indications that you may be experiencing a stronghold of fear is, first of all, torment, which is severe physical or mental suffering, crippling to the mind and to the body. <clears throat> yeah, I don't want to lose my notes here. Again. Da, da, da. Well. So what is uh, torment? So I had written down the definition of torment because it was like, uh Fear is an emotion that, okay. So fear is an emotion that feels like the anticipation of a danger or pain to come. So it's like a pending doom, which I talked about earlier, which I used to feel like every time that this would happen, um, which evokes either the freeze, flight, Fight or faint response, and I personally feel that the uh, freeze characteristic of fear is what. This is my own opinion. um, Is is what the spirit of fear is manifesting during sleep paralysis because it wants to terrify you to the point that you do nothing, and. Have you have you ever heard of analysis paralysis? And that's also fear. It's fear of getting it wrong. So I'm like, oh, I started putting that together. It's like, oh, analysis paralysis. It's fear because you don't want to get it wrong. And so fear has has four stages or four different manifestations: freeze, flight, um, faint, or fight, right? So anyway, I feel, I feel like the manifestation of fear that I'm sensing whenever I fall under sleep, whenever whenever I would fall under sleep paralysis was the freeze response. So um, torment means severe physical and mental suffering crippling to the body um, and to the mind. And that also crippling sounds like sleep paralysis and anxiety to me. And so um, there's also the fear of death. And that is also very common and it's called thanatophobia, and it's an intense fear of death or the dying process, and it produces anxiety over your own death or the death of someone that you care about. And I used to have an unreasonable fear. So I, I when I began to study this in processes, I realized that I had given fear way too many. Uh, way too many open doors and opportunities to come at me. Right. Because I used to have an unreasonable fear that my children would die in their sleep. Like I literally slept and I, I, I hardly slept and I would check on them multiple times a night. And then when they were old enough to go to school and like leave my side, um, I would get random thoughts in my head that someone was going to take them, that someone was going to hurt them or, you know, something would happen at school where like I would never see them again. And it's like, I don't know. It was like this anxiety that, that I, let run my you know my life through my kids like younger years for way too long um and so yeah that's true Anna and so then uh also tensions right stress worry agitation um so stress is mental strain worry is uh is what gives way to anxiety or unease. ease is to allow one's mind to dwell on difficult uh difficulties or troubles and agitation is the action of arousing public concern about an issue and pressing for action on it. So this last one is wow, because it's like the beginning stages of a panic attack where you get real antsy and everyone can tell that you're about to lose it and you start getting real bossy and real demanding. I was like this. Um, People couldn't stand being around me when I was like in this stage and I didn't even realize that I was doing it. Um, I was just bothering the junk out of everybody. Right. Because I was in this like antsy, like uh, agitated state, right. Where like, I mean, people would have to like talk me down. My husband would talk me down or have to like, but I didn't realize here's the thing is that all this was happening and I didn't realize that that's what it was or that that's what I was experiencing. And so, like I said, I had given a uh, fear way too many opportunities to come at me and I didn't even know. So what my people perish for lack of knowledge. Right. Um, so then there's a fright, which is a sudden, uh, intense feeling of fear, um, fearfulness and trembling have come upon me uh says psalm 5. fearfulness and trembling have come upon me and horror has overwhelmed me horror um is an intense feeling of fear shock or disgust and overwhelmed is crazy cuz i know i felt this before is uh, bury or drown beneath a huge mass be that is too strong or too powerful and it overpowers so um a lot of times some it's, it wasn't sleep paralysis that I would feel. It was just, I would feel that like, there was like this big like rock like laying on me and I just was stuck under it. And I used to dream that too. So it's like, Oh, when I like really, I saw this, I'm like, Oh my gosh. Right. Like this is what it was. And then there's uh finally, there's the fear of people, which is very common. Right. um, um, <clears throat> Proverbs 29.5 says, those who flatter their neighbors are spreading nets for their feet. So f- a fear of people causes a snare and entrapment. There are two two opposing ends to uh, the spectrum because on one end, um, it can manifest as perfectionism and performance to obtain acceptance or approval. And on the other end, it can manifest as hiding from people who you've identified as holding power and authority. And I've experienced both. And it also manifests as timidity. Um, Ironically, I've never been timid. But I have experienced where, and this came out through inner healing as well, where I was uh, self preserving by hiding from people who I had subconsciously identified might have uh, power or authority. And, you know, that's just, you know, through inner healing and things that I had, you know, to uh, renew within me right um and thank the lord that's been taken care of But and we could go on and on about this but lastly we have nightmares which is a generalized term for uh frightening dreams so nightmares is as um it originated um the word originated from the old english or the middle english word word oh my gosh my tongue it originated from the middle english word mare which is meant a female evil spirit thought to lie upon and suffocate sleepers. The prefix night was added later on um, to emphasize that these demons came at night. Right. Um, and, but now as time has gone on, as the years have gone on, it's become a very generalized word to describe frightening dreams. And so I grew up believing that there was a, I, that there was a demon that was actually speaking to me in the middle of the night and giving me these nightmares. Um, and I coming to realize now it's, is it was a legend or whatever. I believe that was around for a very long time. Um, and you know, I want to interject here and say something. I don't know if there's any Latino people here listening to me tonight. Um, I suspect that there might be. Um, but one thing that that also because I this began to happen to me as a child, as a teen, right? Uh, the sleep paralysis part. And I realized that when we were kids, um, yes, Anna, amen. Um, I realized that as a kid, my parents and my aunts and my grandparents used to frighten us into sleep. What? Yes. Mexican folk do that, especially back then. I don't know how they do it now, but back then they used to say, if you don't go to sleep, la Llorona is going to come get you. Or they used to say, if you don't go to sleep, the Mano Pachona is going to come. Or if you would get up during the night and I don't know if you guys relate to this, uh, Anna, and I think maybe uh, Patricia, right? Um, if you guys get up, keep getting up during the night, the mano pachona is going to reach you uh, from under the feet, right? Which is another legend, right? And the yorona is another legend. It's just a woman that that if you live by the water, like she appears because she drowned her children in the water, and she's trying to take children because she's trying to replace her own children. That's just the very like uh, broad <laughs> explanation of that. Um, and they used to literally frighten us with those things. And then they wondered why we couldn't sleep through the night, why we were scared, why we were having nightmares, like why I was having sleep paralysis. Well, because you was frightened me to sleep. You know what I mean? Like, y'all, don't do that. I know, I know I'm talking to people who are are bright and who are smart and who follow the Lord. And I know you guys can do that with your kids, but if if this ever happened to you as a child and you're struggling with this right now, cancel all those words in the name of Jesus, because my parents and grandparents used to torment me with that. And I realized way later on the effects of it over my life. Right. So here we go. Um, So interpreting our nightmares. So finally we get to a place where I think I'm a little bit more comfortable with, but interpreting our nightmares. I, um, I used to, uh, I made a, a live or Tommy John had me on a live months ago about redeeming through, I think this is back in May, um, interpreting through the lens of love. So if you guys, uh, take a look at my podcast. Oh, I don't know why I just want to go. It doesn't want to follow it, but anyway, um, if you want to take a look at my podcast, my podcast is, um, uh My Super Nacho Vida, you can find it on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and YouTube. And then this video on interpreting to the lens of love is somewhere also in the video section of the group, Grace to Grow in the Prophetic. If you want more and more detail about it, that's the place to go. Um but just a very broad overview here, um, and this is something that uh, my mentor Jake Bullard imparted on me, and so I like share it in the way that I I can best can. But really, he carries this message so well, and he's actually doing right now a um, a uh, a group um, a class on. Um, Uh, redeeming nightmares i think it's called and so if you want and his replays are up if you want to dive deeper into that area i would recommend that you look him up and dreams two to two um but just very like uh you know just talking about this kind of generally um so redemption so that we understand what redemption means is a releasing affected by payment of ransom uh redemption deliverance liberation produced by the payment of ransom right so when jesus christ um, gave his life on the cross and bled out for us, right? That we um, may be delivered. Well, delivered from what? Well, we're delivered from the system of darkness. So we no longer belong to the system of darkness. Now we have been brought into the kingdom of light and so uh we have been redeemed all of us has been redeemed not just a portion of us right um our body our soul and our spirit has been totally redeemed right and um when we're dreaming we're dreaming spirit to spirit right because dreams that come from god are our prophetic dreams and god is speaking into our spirit um and so all that to say is that <clears throat> dreams are god's communication with us right and um it's prophecy but nightmares what i believe nightmares are are the enemy's false prophecy and an attempt to get our agreement so that he could derail us right derail our lives or get into an agreement so he can take us into you know um outside of the plan of god for our lives right so my uh, advice to you in this area is that whenever you have a nightmare, whenever or a child or one of your children has a nightmare, um, we must resist the urge to prophesy the enemy's plans for their lives or our lives or anyone's life, um, because that's what a nightmare is. So a lot of times we see the nightmare and we see things that are very obvious on it. And we're like, well, you know, you have this issue, you have that issue and like this and that's going to happen. And well, really, if it was a nightmare, it was terrifying, <laughs> we are experiencing the enemy's prophecy for us over our life. So we don't want to speak that, right? We have to understand that our words are powerful. We have to understand that, um, that our prophetic words um, move things, right? And so... And, and they have the power to bring people into agreement, right? So if people agree with the prophetic word that we give them, that is really us uh, as, as just interpreting the enemy's plans for them. And they get afraid or they believe it and they start agreeing with it. Well, we've just derailed this person on the season or you know, temporarily or for life. We don't know, right? So whenever somebody has a nightmare, the best thing to do is to just chill out for a little bit, read it, process it and now you know like okay so the enemy has these plans for so-and-so's life right that's not God those are not God's plans for uh let's say these are not God's plans for Anna right God has better plans for Anna so uh, when I have this nightmare before me the things a couple of, of routes that I take or that you know those of us who are under Jake's mentorship is that um we start to kind of draw out like, okay, so what does the enemy know about this person that he's terrified about and they, he wants to derail them from like, really the most that he can do because he's not a creator is just to pervert God's plan. So he has insight on something that you don't have insight on yet. And he's trying to like pervert it or to misuse it or to to take you away from it. So it's like, what is that thing that he's keeping from me or that he's trying to keep me from or he's trying to scare me before I get there so I don't actually do it, right? And so that, in that sense also, um, in that sense also, it's important that we tap into our prophetic side and we start asking the Lord, what do you have to say about this? What are you saying about the season? What are you saying about this person's lives or my life or or whatever this dream is, right? And God is so good and he is so faithful that when you, an- you ask him, he'll answer. And so the more you do it, you know, the, the easier it gets, right? And so um, we resist that. Because right? a lot of times, what enemies, what um, nightmares do, is they put this kind of sense of urgency over us that we feel like we have to understand right now and get it right now, and so we we maybe speak too soon or release something too soon, and so we miss it, right? And and we end up prophesying the enemy's plan. So we're not mouthpieces for the enemy, right? We're mouthpieces for God, and we we speak what God says, right, and not what the enemy is saying, and so. In this area specifically, also, it's important that because it is prophetic, um, that we follow the rules of the prophetic, which are, you know, laid out on First 1 Corinthians 14.3. It's, uh, but he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. So one of the things that um, my mentor says is like, if, before you release a word, put a hand over yourself and speak that word to yourself. Does it feel good, right? Does it feel like it edifies you? Does it feel like it extorts you or comforts you? And if the answer is no to any of those questions, then it, you chances are you should not release that word. <laughs> don't don't do that, right? Um, because something's off, right? We're not following the protocol, right? Where it's uh, they call that like an illegal word, right? Because it's it's not following uh, the rules, right? Um, but also, to me, um, when I'm Either receiving an interpretation for one of my dreams, or or I'm gonna give an, an interpretation that I, I feel like I received as I review it. Um, I think does it sound like Jesus? Does it look like Jesus? Does it feel like Jesus? And if that's if it meets that, it's like, okay, good to go. But if it doesn't, I'll leave that on the table, I'll walk away, I won't agree with it. Or, you know, there's certain parts that, yeah, they do agree, certain parts do sound. Right. And, you know, I receive that. But the other, I'm kind of not really there yet. So we're not going to receive it. You know, and that's another thing to understand is that whenever someone is uh, interpreting a dream for you, whether it's a God dream or a nightmare, um, is that you're just as powerful to say, no, I don't receive that. That doesn't um, bear witness with me. Goodbye. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, You know, you don't have to receive everything. Right. And or you could say, you know what, I'm going to take it and kind of hold on to it for a little bit while I process it. Uh, and that's fine too. But I, I think that especially with nightmares, it's important that we do that. Right. Um, and and some people just don't. They don't give it any attention. They just don't even bother with it. Nightmares. But here's the reason why I do believe that redeeming nightmares is important and um it, especially to put an end to it. And so I have my own um testimony to share about my son with the nightmares. So 2020 season, summer into fall, he started having nightmares and one he had one recurring nightmare. Um One and one of them he dreamt that I was killed, right? So I redeemed that sucker right away. And so he was terrified, of course. Right. And and so he was fine. But then um, he started having these other, this other nightmare that kept repeating, which was like a black dog was biting him on the leg um, every time, like he would walk. Right. And so he was going through his own experience. So, um, you know, through development and through education, and he was just kind of having this, like um, these issues, right. With, with uh, school. And so, I'm like, oh, I see what's going on. So I redeem that drink for him and I finally, I'm like, I get it. So really, I, I let him know, you know what it is, is that as, as you are walking out your, your growth and your maturity, and as you're walking out, um, your, your development, what you're learning at school and the new ways of learning, the enemy is going to try to distract you. Right. He's going to try to terrify you and scare you to keep you away from your destiny and where you're walking into, um, which really um, all the things that were being brought up about him was that dog, right? Was that dog biting? So I just let him know like, what you're experiencing right now in your life is a distraction that's trying to keep you away from your destiny and the path that in life that God has for you. But here's the thing, that you are still walking and that you terrify the devil every single time that you take a step and you decide to still go to school, to still do your work, to still listen to your teachers, right, and to still uh, be dedicated. And so that helped him, and it broke. And so since that time, he has not had any more nightmares. He does not ask to sleep in a room anymore because what we redeemed that nightmare, right? And you know, so many people would have said, Oh, well, it's not real, right? Don't ever do that. Right. Don't, don't, um, don't try to make things just because they're scary unreal to our kids. Um, because the experience it's real, they really are having that dream, and it really is uh, you know, in some realm in the spirit trying to happen. So what do we do? We snatch that sucker up and we redeem it, we bring it under the blood of Christ, and we're like, boom, this is what God says about your life. Not that, not what the enemy says, but this is what God says about your life. And this is what he's terrified about. And we're going to knock some gates down. Okay. The, the gates of hell should not prevail, right? The gates shall, of hell should not prevail against my charge. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth will be lost in heaven. So you have been given full authority to advance the kingdom. To, and that is the authority that you take to bring, um, Everything into submission of your authority. Why? Because boom, I've got the badge. Jesus said, "Go," and I'm going. (laughs) All right. So the the other the other thing is right. My husband he had a dream of death. He dreamed that there was a death warrant out for his brother, and he was pretty scared because there was a bunch of other dead people in that dream. And so we redeem that sucker too. And a couple of weeks later, we found out that my brother-in-law actually, um, he, my husband dreamed that his brother would, had a death warrant out for him with a bunch of dead people in the dream. A couple of weeks later, we find out that he actually had a baby and he had not told anybody. <laughs> he had not told anybody that he was, uh, going to have a baby or his, his girlfriend was pregnant until the baby arrived very early. And, um, so what happened is when my husband told me that dream two weeks earlier, I told him, no, you know what I really think is going to happen? There is this major change coming to your brother's life that is going to give um, pretty much an end to his current lifestyle. And there is is a massive, drastic change where he's going to have to enter into new life. Like he's going to have to uh, uh, apprehend a new way of living and I don't know why that's just the way I interpreted it because that's what I got right (laughs) two weeks later uh the baby came the baby came early and to say the least it has um he's doing well the baby's doing great praise the lord um but his life changed drastically, right? His his lifestyle went from being a bachelor to being a father of a kid who um you know was born early and who needs who needed a lot of medical attention. And he's doing great now, but you know, it did that dream was really did happen. Um, had we interpreted that dream any other way, had we actually decreed death um the way that it showed up in that dream, who knows what would have happened, right? But that's not what we do. We we speak life. Um, so There's in that situation, the other situation where I redeemed a a dream for my brother. So my brother had, my brother loves his job. My brother, he loves what he does, right? And so he's been there for for many years. And he had a dream that some crazy stuff had happened at work and he had gotten fired. So he called me right away and he was like, oh my gosh, I had this dream and I think I'm going to get fired. I'm like, no, 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 stop right there. So tell me your dream. So he tells me his dream and I tell him, you know what? Actually, what I think is going to happen is that someone else is going to leave and that's going to make room for you and you're going to actually get promoted. And so I'm like, I honestly, that's what I believe. And so that's what I'm releasing that you can expect a promotion is coming your way. Um, And and then that took about four months. It went like through the summer, uh, maybe six months. And sure enough, he got promoted. And exactly like I, I, They interpreted it would happen. Like I felt the Lord was speaking on, happened. Things shifted. And now he became, you know, he became the boss. He got promoted. And so that's why I think it's important that we don't ignore those things just because they're ugly and they're a little hairy and they're just kind of scary. That we don't ignore them and we just let them go. But rather, if we we have them, that we try to we redeem them. And we ask the Lord, what are you saying, right? We know that your plans are, are for us to have life and to have life more abundantly. So where is that abundant life in this dream? Lord, can you speak to me? And he is so good and faithful to show you and that you may share that and that you may release, release that. And like we said earlier, right, we have that angelic to carry out those words, um, you know, because they match the will of God. And so finally we reach our last slide, <laughs> guys, an hour and a half. Uh, so nighttime spiritual hygiene. I think that that's important that we do talk about this because it matters. Um, it's uh, what are our eyes and ears taken in, right? What are you watching? What are you reading? What are you listening to? Uh, when you, before you go to bed, right. Or even, you know, there's times where people like can watch an entire series like back to back, and then they go dream about it. <laughs> oh my god! So, what are you watching? What are you listening to? What What is coming through you? Right? It's like, uh, it's been my experience that I can't watch an action movie. Or any emotionally charged movie, really, or even news stories before bed, because I will dream about it. Or my dreams will just be really wacky and like way off. So, what we listen to also matters because every, and this is so crazy. And I just recently had done a study on frequency because I was like really bothered about something that someone said. And I'm like, I need to find out about the frequencies myself. So, I just started studying on it. And oh my gosh, you guys, every like sounds have frequency, right? So, what we listen to matters because that frequency is in there and frequencies listen they have the ability to shift our focus our attitudes and so according to um healthline there are several recognized types of brain waves right so each type is associated with a frequency range and a mental state so um listed like so in order from the highest frequency to the lowest um there's five common types right so they are like gamma, which is a state of high concentration and problem solving, and then there's beta, which is an active mind or normal waking state, and there's alpha, which is a calm, restful mind, and then there's theta, is <laughs> a state of tiredness, daydreaming, or early sleep, and then finally there's delta, which is a deep sleep or dreaming state. So it's believed that syncing our brain waves to certain frequencies might be able to induce various mental states. So. It's important, what are we listening to? What type of music are we listening to? Even, you know, throughout the day or, you know, like what is our brain syncing up with, right? So pay attention to that, especially when you're nearing bedtime. And and I, I started like, when I was studying this, I wound up on this YouTube channel and this this guy has all kinds of different music, right? But like he puts on the description, like when you should listen to it, when you should listen to it, or like what is in there and how the frequencies are and all that stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I had no idea there was like just so much detail to frequency. So pay attention to what's coming through your eyes and what's coming through your ears. If you're having difficulty sleeping or entering into REM, all that stuff. And finally, fasting. So and not fasting in the sense that we're used to hearing it spiritually. But um, you know, at what time do you have your last meal? Because the body prioritizes digestion, and it's just such a tasking, uh, taxing task for our body. And um, I personally will just fast till the morning if it's just too late for me to eat anymore. Because I know I won't sleep well, I won't sleep right, um, and I'm not going to sacrifice a good night's sleep uh, just to eat. So, but that's my personal choice. Um, I know some people don't have an option, right? That's just the only time that they get to eat. So, I mean, that's fine. But just uh, pay attention to the foods that you are eating, um, that they don't elevate your sugar, um, your your cortisol or anything like that way too high um, in the middle of the night because that also affects our sleeping and our dreaming. So... Um, Eating late does go against our, our circadian rhythm because that's when our body is naturally winding down to rest and sleep. And when we add food to it, it's like adding another log of wood to a dying fire, right? It's going to fire back up and you're likely not to sleep well and or not to drift well into REM. And REM is a stage of sleep where we dream. Um, and so sometimes uh, we have induced nightmares because our, as our body is attempting to go into that REM stage, Uh, something else kicks in in our digestion, right? So that's why we sometimes we have like pizza dreams that they call. And then finally, uh, just a little word on medication. So um, I'm not a doctor. I don't know if you guys figured that out yet, (laughs) but I'm not a doctor, guys, and I really can't give too much medical advice. But there is one thing I know because of my own personal experience, um, you know, with medication. So that also affects the way that our mind thinks and our brain operates and all that stuff. But also... Um, I know a lot of people take melatonin. So there was a time where I was I began taking melatonin because my sleep had been like thrown like really off. And while I was going to, I was going to college, so like I was staying up late reading or studying or doing homework and stuff. So my my sleep got really thrown off. Um, so I started taking melatonin, and I I had not put it together until recently. Is that sometimes like I would have nightmares, like I just would have crazy nightmares, and um, like what's going on? And, but then recently um I started taking it I had began taking it with drops like under my tongue and man it, it got real crazy and I was like whoa oh, what's going on so I, I started studying and I realized that the melatonin was giving me nightmares so um if any of you guys have, uh, Take melatonin or give melatonin to your kids, and they're experiencing this. I urge you to study this and to do, do actual the process of fixing um, your sleep schedule or or inducing your body into natural circadian rhythm of rest, um, so that you don't have to take the medication. You know what I mean. So you don't have to take the melatonin. Um, what I had to do was um, what I had to do was actually start slowly going to sleep a little bit earlier, a little bit earlier until like my body my brain everything kind of synced up and they got the message like okay we're winding down we're going to bed um it took a little while probably melatonin would have done it a little easier but um it took a while and and there was studies uh with the melatonin that showed that um it does it will eventually affect um you know your circadian rhythm it doesn't that If you take it once, it doesn't really help. But if you take it over time, it does help. But if you're experiencing nightmares, no thanks. You know, just go the natural route and just um, make yourself go to bed a little bit earlier and kind of start to train your body and your mind into that state of rest. Um, Yeah. That's a good that's a good point that Anna just made. As for me, I've noticed that if I go to sleep when I'm upset with my husband, I struggle at night. So uh, do not let the sun go down on your anger. I think it says something like that. Right. It's like, hey, make things right before you go to bed. But, you know, even though sometimes and I feel like because I'm married too, like. You make things right. You ask for forgiveness and you talk about it. But there's still that thing like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. Or you're just thinking about it. But it's like, man, just, you know, release that thing to the Lord. Let the Lord handle it and say, you know what? Um, There's enough things for today tomorrow will take care of itself there's enough worries for tomorrow right um but i mean i've been there too where it's like oh my gosh i'm tossing and turning i'm like how did he sleep i don't know how he's sleeping he's over there snoring he shut his eye and five seconds later he's he's out and i'm here thinking about it i know i know (laughs) because i've been there you know what I mean? but it's yeah it's it gets complicated right but they i'm like i want his sleep i only put lay some hands on him see if he can just transfer over some of this like Tiredness, but anyway. Um, so yeah, that's the last thing there on medication, guys. Is like if you're taking medication and melatonin, um, you know, take a look at what some of the side effects are, and if it's any way possible that you don't have to take it, um, or there's a natural remedy for it instead, I would go that route. Um, so all that to say. Thank you <laughs> for joining me tonight, guys. We were on for an hour and 40 minutes talking about this subject. But I'm telling you guys, this is just so much that I kept back. Let me tell you guys, because some of you are visual. A lot of you, I suspect, are visual like I am. This right here is um, is a visual of what Psalm 91 looks like. Check this out. Oh, let me push play. watch again that tiger jumping at the little girl and then he's he's like retained by that glass he can't touch her nope not gonna happen she gets a little startled but nothing happened that's psalm 91 right there he is that wall he is that barrier surrounding us all around keeping all threats of the enemy away from us right so we have a little time um to <laughs> to interpret dreams so um let's take a look who entered a dream <laughs> let me close this uh stop sharing so y'all don't see y'all see the interpretation right away <laughs> yeah gonna sneak at it all right y'all so we have the first dream. I want to say thank you guys so much for hanging out with me tonight. Um, I love talking about this stuff. This is something I could like have a total conversation with somebody about because it's just just so much. It's like it's um, I think. And that's why my mentor is doing an entire four weeks on it on his his page, because it's it's a lot. And so I. Um, so many things come into play, like as, as you guys, you know, realize like there's inner healing and deliverance that there was, um, uh, you know, the, the rebuilding of truth strongholds. There was the renewing of the mind, which is, is always, it's an ongoing process through our lives. Right. Um, there was like studying research and just, uh, you know, teachings and just, just so much that goes into, um, you know, an area, and especially when you are hungry for that breakthrough. And God is so good and so willing um to bring us through, right? And, and he knows, like, man, she is hunting for some reby. She is <laughs> trying to get this revelation. Let's hook her up. God is so good, guys, because he has so many of the things that I came across and I I like that just came through my mind and, and stuff. And even in my dreams, it's like that's God's mercy, like showing me the way through. So um, thank you guys so much for your awesome, wonderful comments. Let's get into these dream interpretations. So um, if you just threw it on there, I didn't see it, obviously, uh, because I was doing the teaching. But uh, after I'm done here, if we still have some time, I can go and take a look at what else was added as I was speaking. So the first dream here is from Abby. Abby Garcia. I don't know. I let me, you know what. Let me open my page where I can actually see the people on Facebook because um, Streamyard just says Facebook user and doesn't actually give me a name. There you go. They are Abby. Oh, if my screen had, fell asleep, so it's a little behind. um So I know who who is still on. Thank you so much, Diana. Thank you so much, Anna. Okay. Um, This is your dream, Anna Abigail. It says, she titled it, You Have Choices. She had it on November 4th, 2022. And the dream goes like this. I'm a new owner of an ice cream shop. I have blown away. I was blown away by how beautiful this shop was. I looked around and could imagine all the ice cream variations and the options I had to make whatever I wanted. So here's what I got for you, uh, Abby, on that. I got 1 Corinthians 9, 20. Um, Where it says, where Paul says, I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. I might save some. So you have a very unique gift to serve others by shifting into whatever gear is necessary to meet the person that's in front of you where they're at. And so you are uh, gentle and you carefully give what God has put in you to them in very palatable ways. And you have tasted and you have seen that the Lord is good. And it is from those experiences that you draw out the variety of of knowledge and wisdom that you have to each individual person that comes to you, that comes your way. And I think that you handle that so well. You carry that so well that God is giving you, um, opening up the opportunity for you to actually minister and talk to those people, um, as they come into your life. So, um, I bless you with that. I hope that that makes sense. And let's see what we got next. Uh, Aisha, she wrote, I had a dream where I heard time for action three times. So Aisha, I would say, that is time for action. <laughs> if there's a prophetic word or a venture that you've been putting off for the right time, the time is now. It's time to take that word or that thing and run with it. Um, the earth rose up from up out of the water on the third day and Jesus resurrected on the third day. And three means fullness and completion. So there's been a fullness and a completion of that waiting season where things have aligned to where the, the door has opened now for you to take action on those things that you were waiting for the opportunity to start walking out. So um I blessed you with that. Um Keep it if it makes sense. Shove it if it doesn't. Next, we have Patricia. Patricia Sanchez. She wrote, I have... Uh, I had a dream with this person, a friend of mine. She was sitting in a chair. In front of her, there was a solid cement table, picnic type. There were several kids around from different nationalities. On her right side, there was a plant and a cement platter like a bush. The bush had different branches, but each brand was a, branch was a different type of plant. And she knew it was. she knew it was about each one. She starts explaining to me about each brand's specific ways to read the leaves. As she does that, she had a notebook on her lap and she was writing. I saw three words. Each one was in a row under the other. And then I woke up. So, what I have for you on this dream, Patricia, is that I feel that this is about both you and your friend, and I feel like there is a partnership that's going to happen between the two of you um, somewhere down the road to minister to children of different ethnic backgrounds and different nationalities. And I think that this is a communion that the Lord. Um, this is uh, this is a communion that you've been having with the Lord, and as you've been communing with the Lord, um, you you're been picking up on identities of children um who are beginning to know the lord and i i'm not sure if this is literal children or if this is just uh people that are children in spirit you know what i mean like like they're new um you know to the kingdom right so um but you'll be able to assist in the shaping of their identity and in making a difference in their lives and destinies but this is also a dream that i feel like it's like um There's another facet to it, right? And I feel like the other facet to it is the leading of Holy Spirit, where in this dream, your friend is also a a representation of the Holy Spirit, where she is showing you and guiding you the way to navigate this space right the way to um the way to to identify uh the identities that each person each child carries and that you may be able to shape and and mold their destiny as you lead them in the way that they should go um so i hope that that makes sense to you patricia um keep it if it does shove whatever doesn't or shove it if it doesn't and then finally oh no not finally i have two more i have here Diana Cafiero. Okay, so Diana's dream. My husband and I were in a shopping mall parking lot. We were with another woman, not sure who. We just finished getting stuff to go on a trip to Hawaii. Someone gifted us tickets to go. We said it was going to be a 14-hour flight. Next thing you know, we were on this huge plane. There were so many people and seats that I was close to my husband but not directly directly next to him we went over lots of bumpy terrain on ground as we headed to the airport to take off the plane went under an overpass and stopped on a baseball field we knew we had a break to go use the bathroom so we were going to get off and do that about to head uh to get off my husband picked up a questionnaire off his seat and asked the pilot if we had to fill out one through six and he said no Only five and six, then I woke up. So I don't have everything on this dream because it has numbers. Numbers are a little difficult for me still right now. It's one thing I'm still learning. So I feel like this is a a good dream for Andrew. Where you at, Andrew? (laughs) But you know what? I do have a little something on it. So this is what I was picking up on with this dream is that um, there is a time of rest and recreation that's coming to you guys that has been long overdue. I really sense that part like this is a rest and recreation that you guys need it's been it's been a long time coming and it's coming right uh it's been long overdue and I feel like the the bumpy stuff and the testing times that have passed um you know you may have had experience with with things bumpy things in the past a little rough things in the past but I feel like those in the past those have passed and you're entering into a season of favor with god and man so i bless you with that diana and i hope that makes sense keep it if it does shove it if it doesn't all right there we go now we have princessa palmer i'm gonna take a sip of my water because i feel like my throat is drying up Mm I feel like this mic picks up everything and I hate the sound of swallowing. <laughs> All right. So Princessa Palmer. I have an old dream. I'm standing in an old library, but like the kind that are an old castle like home standing next to a well. I, it was stone and out of place and a warm fireplace also made of stone. I'm wearing a royal blue velvet dress. Out of nowhere, a mob of people run in and began chasing me. I find my way outside to escape them and end up in an old garden. It's nighttime; everything in the bl- is in black and white. There, in the garden, through there, in the garden, though my uncle, who's been deceased for a very long time, is there. He has the most gentle and kind smile. He turns to pick up something from behind him. And when he turns back around, there is a beautiful sky blue ornament in his hands. He gives it to me and leaves. I wake up after that. This is an awesome dream, guys. Like, you know the part where she says every like she went out in the garden, right? And uh everything was black and white, but then she shares that that he gave her a beautiful sky blue ornament. So just imagine everything in the room was black and white right now, and all that was In color was that ornament. Like, oh my gosh, right? So this is significance to that. So uh what I'm feeling is that you are a deep well of knowledge, princesa, and the Lord overflows from you and with so much wisdom, you've made the Lord your refuge and have understood so well the comfort of his nearness. Everything that life for the enemy have thrown at you, the Lord has turned around for your good. Also, I feel that. Uh, the second part of that dream is about an inheritance that has been forgotten or left on the shelf or has been tucked away. Um, and that is coming from the side of the family that your uncle is from. Maybe it's something he didn't get to finish um, and that the Lord is offering you the opportunity to pick up. And And uh, I feel like it's a way for you to adorn yourself with it. It's a way that, that it's gonna, as you walk in it, um, you're going to bring obviously glory to him, but it's also fits you and it suits you well. Um, and I, I'm sensing that is revelation. Um, I would partner. Uh, I feel like that's something that partners well with the gifts that you have, which is uh, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And also I'm sensing that, You belong in the company and in the same rooms as kings and queens with the power and authority to govern in your area of influence. And there is so much more that God wants to show you. And so the revelation that you need to be able to stay in these rooms where you have been given favor is gonna come uh, is gonna come through you as you you begin to pick up these things that have been passed down, these blessings that have been passed down to you generationally. So I bless you with that. I hope that makes sense. Keep it if it does, shove it if it doesn't. Um, and so that's all I have for tonight, you guys. I had an amazing time. I really enjoyed being with you guys and sharing with you guys on the subject. Um please share this with a friend. Whatever, any questions you might have, leave them in the comments. I'll I'll be checking those out later and answering those for you guys. Once again, thank you guys so much. Love you. God bless you. Good night. you so much for joining me today on the podcast. I appreciate your time and I appreciate that you were here. If this message blessed you, please share it with somebody you love. And don't forget to click the subscribe button. I pray that the Lord bless you and he keep you. And I pray that his favor be on you. And I pray that his grace and mercy follow you all the days of your life. Amen. Until next time. Goodbye.